Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Um, I want to read one verse of scripture and uh, out of here to take a text from and then we'll travel from there. Uh, The book of Jude, one chapter right before the book of Revelation. Um, I want to read verse 3 of uh, so Jude and verse 3 Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you uh, to contend earnestly for the faith which was uh, once for all delivered to the saints. Let's read it one more time. Beloved, while I was very diligently to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you uh, to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all, uh, once for all delivered to the saints. Let's pray right here. Father, we just thank you again this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together in this place as family and, and Lord, just to worship you, Lord. And we thank you for the presence of the Lord that we felt in this place, the joy that we felt. And Father, I pray this morning that you would anoint me afresh, God, that you would uh, help me this morning to just uh, deliver that, that which I believe that you've uh, told me to preach today and help me preach good in the mighty name of Jesus. As I was... Uh, uh, Friday, I just, man, I really felt strong. And a lot of times you have to be careful as a preacher because sometimes it'll, I mean, to be honest with you, I felt like I had a lion just shut up in the cage. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, but this morning I want to talk to you uh, just about contending, uh, 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 contending for the faith, or uh, you can be contending for the promise, contending for the breakthrough, whatever you're believing God for this morning. I want to talk about contending for that. Uh, the word contend means to fight for something while striving against difficulties that hinder its release. Uh, what I found um, that all breakthrough has to cost us something. It doesn't come easy. If it was, everybody would be walking in it. Come on, somebody. Uh, um, it, it doesn't. I've never had the promises of God to just show up on, at my house on a silver platter without doing anything. I know that Jesus finished his race, but you and I race just begun. Are you with me? And so there's some things that we have to contend for and fight for. Look with me in the book of Luke chapter 18. I'm going to go through several stories uh, to get us where we want to end up at. Uh, Luke chapter 18. Um, I want to start reading in uh, verse 1 of Luke chapter 18. All right. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain city, um, there was a certain city, uh, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and the same, and she came to him saying, get justice for me, for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself that though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her and lest by her continual coming she wear me uh, she weary me then the lord said hear the what the unjust judge said and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Uh, one of the things in this parable that uh, I believe the Lord is teaching is how that the church has got to have perseverance. We've got to have endurance. Um, it's, it's not just one knock. A lot of times, and I'm guilty, let's just be honest, that we pray about something. We may pray about it for a couple of days, go into weeks or something, and then we feel like that God just maybe is not hearing me. But what I've learned that delay doesn't mean denial. 
Are you with me now? Can you shake yourself just a little bit? Delay does not mean denial. And what Jesus is teaching in this parable, that here's a man that doesn't fear God nor man, but because of a woman that is continually persevering, continual, the continual knock, it says that does he not cave in and avenge her of her adversary? Then he goes on to say, how much more shall our heavenly Father, listen, avenge us and speedily if we will not faint and lose heart? and to continue the pursuit. Then he goes on to say, when the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith on the earth? Otherwise, will he find a church that is believing and contending for the great move of God? I know that Fox News tells you that America's going to hell in a handbasket. Come on, somebody. CNN tells you that the best days are done and gone. But I came to tell you the gospel, which is the real news in John chapter 2. The Bible says Jesus saved the best wine for last. So there will be a generation that gets to partake of that wine that has been held since the ages have gone by and we are that generation that will drink of that wine. Our best days have not done and gone. They're still ahead of us. They're right now and the days are still ahead of us. Do you believe it? Say amen. Now let's look in Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1. David said he would have lost heart if he had not believed in the goodness of God in the land of the living. If you believe that the best is behind us and everything's getting worse, friend, you are the most depressed. All right, let's go to Genesis uh, chapter 26 uh, in verse 1. All right, look at this in verse 1. It says, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerah. Now, I want you to look at verse 12, if you will. I'm just cutting and dicing this up for the sake of time, okay? Then Isaac sowed in that land in the same year um, uh, uh, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold return, and the Lord blessed him. Sometimes endurance, whether you're planning a business, whether whatever you're doing, anything, listen to me, that's, that's great in the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, does not appear immediately. There's not a man with a great church on the face of the earth that is shaking something that it happened overnight. People look at T.D. Jakes and different ones and say that was overnight success. No, he plowed for years in the hills of West Virginia and had people to tell him he could not preach the gospel because of a bad lisp. There's no one that's got a great successful business that it happened overnight. And what I want you to see is that Isaac showed up to a land and the land was in extreme famine. I have always felt like God has placed within me the heart of a pioneer. Why won't he allow me to go where the fire's already burning? See, listen, some people's called to go and help give gasoline to the fire that's already burning. Others are called to get off the highway or the main highway and pioneer something that is here. I don't believe God is limited to move in Redding, California. I don't believe he's limited to move in Kansas City, Missouri. I don't believe he's limited to move in Hamilton, Alabama. I believe that God can move anywhere that he finds of people that is willing to contend for the move of the Spirit that will not set us for status quo. Listen, my God. I'm trying to preach through the wall. Are you with me now? Listen, we can't listen. Leonard Ravenhill said this, as long as the church is willing to live without revival, we will not have revival. But if we find a people that is not satisfied, just taking a little sip on Sunday morning, that gets bottle fed from the pulpit, it gets burnt at the back door, we will never have revival. But if we find a people like Isaac to say, hey, this is a land of famine. There's nothing going on in this land. But what I will do is I'll begin to sow my life into this land and the Bible says he began to reap a hundredfold. If you visit today, I scream and holler, okay? He begins to reap a hundredfold return in that land. Listen, when you contend for something, it will not become easy. And as he's sowing into that land, he starts reaping the benefits of uh, in that land. And the Bible says the Philistines, uh, they, came, they, they came against him and they begin to stop up the wells that the previous generation, his father had dug. Listen, I don't believe it's the will of God for each generation to start from scratch. 
that's overrated. You start, you know, well, we had to pioneer that. Listen, because I had to pioneer that doesn't mean that my children will have to pioneer that. If I'm faithful in the race that God called me to, I will clean a lane that they do not have to pioneer. They might still have to fight battles. Listen to me. But you can be sure of this. Daddy can kill the lion and the bear for them so that they'll be equipped to take out Goliath when he arises. Listen, we don't have to start from scratch. I believe God teaches that he he is a generational God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he wants each generation to take it farther. Hallelujah. My God, our children should outrun us. So he's in this land. He starts sowing in the land of famine. He doesn't look for the place where everything's happened. He doesn't go on the front street. He starts sowing in a land that looks like he's not giving him any return. But he starts receiving a return in this land. And then the Philistines get jealous. They start stopping up the wells. Now Isaac knows that if he's going to sustain and go to the next level, he's got to keep the well open. Listen, everything in life is to try to close up up the well in you. The well of joy, the well of the anointing, the well of the spirit. Everything the enemy does is to discourage you to close that well. But if you learn how to live from the well of the spirit, listen, it's the well that Jesus said in John 4, this water you shall drink, you shall never thirst again. You can drink from the world, you can drink from alcohol, you can drink from pornography and everything else, but it leaves you thirsty. But if you ever find the river of God and you learn how to drink from that, it is a well that never runs dry. Do I got some people that believe that in this house? It's a well that don't run dry. The well was stopped up. The first place that they, they closed up that well meant, um, let me help, I've I wrote this really, really small because I'm trying to put it all in here. It meant, um, where am I? It, it meant the, con- the contention. In other words, that word meant a heated disagreement. There was a heated disagreement. So Isaac could have thought this. Listen, I've tried to open up the wells of my father. I've had a heated disagreement with the people here. It's time to move on. Most of us, listen, a lot of times we quit when the enemy rears up his head. You don't stop when the enemy rears up his head. The fact that you feel the devil rearing up his head tells you you're real close to something. Come on, come on. My God, I... I'm about to get excited. Listen, a football team, we don't mind giving up yards at the beginning of the field. But listen, when we get to the last 20 yards, that's a red zone, baby. That's when we throwing out the best we got to keep you out of the end zone. When you feel the contention and the heat of the battle, that is not a sign that you're doing something wrong. That is a telltale sign. There's something going right in your life, and you're real close to the promise. My wife has had three children. She didn't hurt too bad in the first three months. It wasn't really, it got a little bad, but it's the last stages of the birth is where the pain really gets in. But when the pain's at that moment, I know something. Listen, we are a few hours from having a baby in our hands. So the second, the first well was a heated, was a heated argument. Well, most believers, well, we just got to quit, you know, things. Are, man, the enemy's just fighting us. He, he, he's just, he's on my back. I'm telling the devil, he's just this. Listen, the devil's nothing compared to your God. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. He didn't send you out alone, friend. Are you with me now? He sent the power of Almighty God, the Holy Ghost, to dwell in you. And he's greater than anything that's in the world. So greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So he doesn't give up. He keeps moving. Well, they, they're strive between him and the Philistines. They, you know what? He walks away. Hey, he gives them that will. He goes to the second well. Now it moves from a heated argument to being actively opposed. I I wrote down here, because this is one of the things that I'm believing for, is to see unity come between the brethren. I know that this is a land of famine right now. Churches don't get together. We segregated. I know segregation's been done long time ago, but listen, it's the most segregated hour in America. It's from 11 to 12 on Sunday morning. We're still segregated. 
Baptists only want to hang out with Baptists. Methodists only want to hang out with Methodists. Pentecostals only like Pentecostal. I'm saying this. We need to come under the umbrella of Jesus Christ is Lord and unify on that. Hello? It's a land of famine, but if somebody don't, is not willing to sow in it, we'll never have it. You start trying to work with unity. Unity of the brother. Well, listen. Our church is going to hang out with your church. Or you start trying to get leaders together. First, it'll go from, I don't think we can do it. Then it will get to be actively being opposed. We're just not going to do it. I'm just, I'm just not going to hang out with you. Listen, I don't think it's wise that we, you know, first of all, you take just like we bringing the chosen in on Sunday night. That's an awesome, I mean, that's an awesome group that would fire any group of kids up. I remember when Matt, Matt, I tell you, when he was a teenager right there, he was told that he couldn't go to certain places because they're going to jump and shout. Well, just because you don't jump and shout in your church don't mean that another generation is not willing to jump and shout. Hello. I tell everybody, go get all God has for you. Are you with me now? Get everything he's got for you. If he wants you to jump and shout, jump and shout. He wants you to stand on your head, stand on your head. I'd rather my children be jumping and shouting and sweating in the house of God than I had worried about them where they at on Friday and Saturday night. Hello, somebody. Listen, we ain't going to break the problems in the high school with the D.A.R.E. program or anything else the sheriff department can come up with. We need a move of God, revival friend that will baptize him in love, that I'll be single. Listen, that's what we need. So now he's willing to contend and he's willing to stay the course when he's being, when he's being outwardly opposed. They're rising up, listen, attacking his character, everything else. He's still willing to stay the course. When he goes to the third well, that means that well means God has given us room. God will give us a place of influence if we don't cave in in the process. What, you, what, I had to learn, what I have to learn and continually learning in my life that everything is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And what eats our lunch a lot of times is the process. But in the process, God is very concerned about your promise. But in that, he's building your life to hold the promise. You remember the life of Saul. He didn't have much preparation. He went straight into the king. He went straight into the king's palace. But David had a lot of preparation. Are you with me? Now let's go over and look at another verse of scripture. Matthew chapter 15. Talking about being willing to fight for it. Don't take everybody, just take somebody. Somebody said, well, you know, I, I fought for it for a long time and didn't see it. I'm telling you, fight for it again. You with me? You remember when the prophet said, go look for rain. He come back and said, there ain't no rain coming. There ain't nothing on the forecast. Ain't nothing on the radar. Ain't nothing inside. He said, go look again. Because I'm telling you, I'm laying here and what's inside of me, I'm telling you, I hear the rain inside of my spirit. I know it ain't manifested in the realm. I know it ain't manifested in the natural, but I'm fixing to birth that you go look again. He goes seven times. Most of us would have quit on the fourth time. But he goes seven times. On the seventh time, he comes back and says, I do see something out there, but it's not the rainstorm that you're talking about. It's the cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, listen, I'm telling you, it may look small right now, but I'm telling you, you better gird up and get ready because a flood's coming. Are you with me now? All, all we need is to see two, two people baptized in the Holy Ghost. When Bill Johnson went to Redding, California, there was one person overcome by the power of God on a Sunday night, and he looked at Benny, and he said, I'm telling you, revival is here. He didn't have to see a thousand go down. He seen one go down under the power of God, and he said, revival's here. Did you hear what I said? Listen, it don't take a bunch of people. It just takes two people willing to fight and say, hey, I'm going to contend for that. I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I refuse to let my children go to hell in a handbasket. I refuse to let the culture invade their life. I'm telling you, I will contend. I will fight for it. My God, I feel like a wild man. I feel the spirit of dusty roads rising up on me. My God, the nature boy and dusty coming all at one time. Matthew 15, 21, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. 
And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. Many of the breakthroughs that I've got in prayer, I didn't hear God the first time I prayed. Did you, are you with me in this place? Billy Betts, you've been contending for a long time. A lot of times we don't hear God nothing on the first time. Most people give up when they don't hear. Listen, the problem is, is we live in a microwave society, but we serve a crockpot God. He's never in a hurry. But this is one thing we know. He's always on time. I said he's never in a hurry, but he's always on time. Even when Martha and Mary sent word and said Lazarus is at the point of death, they called in hospice. He stayed where he was at for four more days because he's not bound by the restrictions of man, nor is he bound by the limitations of death because he is resurrection life power. She doesn't get an answer. Listen, she goes to the preacher. She goes to the preacher to tell him, listen, I need help. My daughter's possessed with a demon. Have mercy on my household. He doesn't even acknowledge her. People leaving the church at that point. There's something inside of this lady that she refuses to be offended. Man, I ain't got time to preach right here. The Bible said that one of the greatest revival scriptures found in the Bibles in the book of Proverbs, and it says to the hungry person, every bitter thing is sweet. Yes. But that but says the fool loathes the honeycomb. You can't even give somebody full ice cream and with, with, with caramel toppings, they'll get offended at anything. Listen, this lady, he answered her not a word. Then the disciples, the elders looked at him and said, hey, throw her out the back of the church. She's aggravating us. We're trying to pray and seek God. At that point, I have to be honest within myself. I would have probably packed up my bags and left and said, listen, this church don't care. Listen, I'm being honest with you. Sometimes at the point of your greatest breakthrough, the enemy will give you your, your greatest opportunity to bind to the hook, line, and seeker being offended. She wasn't about to buy into that hook line. She said, listen, I didn't come here. She probably stepped away and said this. Peter, I'm sorry. I don't want to make you mad or nothing, but I didn't come here to see you anyhow. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> My good God Almighty. I'm telling you this. If you come to the church to see the preacher or the praise team, that's probably what you're going to find. It's Matt and John, but if you came hungry for God, it doesn't matter what they're singing or what they're preaching. You can find him in the midst of everything. So she looks and listen. Now he doesn't answer her. Doesn't matter. I mean, who, who are you? We know you ain't even a tither. Get off me. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came urging, man, send her away. But he answered and said, I would now he's talking to them. I was not sent uh, except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Look. Now she came back. And when she come back, she's got a heart of worship. Right in the midst of them saying, send her away, she's out there saying, I exalt thee. She starts worshiping. <laughs> Jesus turns to her and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. He, dis he doesn't answer her a word and now when he talks to her, he calls her a dog. Most people would have gave up at that point. Listen, the one that made it through him not answering her, now, now he's done the calling me names, he's calling me a dog, we would have gave up. But I'm telling you, if you want to see the word that God has over your life, did you hear? Listen, <clears throat> We can stand you up and we can prophesy the word of the Lord. I can stand up and say, thus saith God to Mr. Harry. Okay, if this was, I'm just, this is John, okay? So don't hold me to what I'm fixing to say. Thus saith, thus saith John, tomorrow, or, or let's say we don't put a time on it, okay? Thus saith John, God, God's going to bring you into a new realm of influence in the society. Uh, I see financial increase in your life. Listen, if you hear that word and what goes off in you is I can just sit down and relax and God's going to bring it to pass. No, when God's prophesying to you, he's speaking to your potential. That's 
what he's doing is he's giving you a bridge. Are you with me now? What happens a lot of times, prophecies like this, you're standing at the cliff and the word of the Lord just build a bridge to you to get to where you need to go. But you got to take that word and work that word till it comes to pass. So she turns around, he calls her a dog, and then she looks back. And she says, Yay, Lord, King James, yay, Lord, but even the dogs do eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. I told you I feel the live tea. I feel buck wild. <clears throat> she said, Yea, Lord, but even the dogs do eat the crumbs which falls from the master's table. She said, I understand the way you see me. I understand that I'm a Gentile. Don't even have way to even get to you until you go to the cross. But let me tell you something. The dogs do eat crumbs which falls from the master's table. And can I tell you this? I knew this. I, I heard a message by Cheryl Brady maybe 15 years ago. And every good baker knows this. If you bake a pound cake... Some of the best part of the cake is the crumbs down in the center because everything that's in the cake is in the crumbs. If there was eggs in the cake, they're in the crumbs. If sugar was in the cake, it's in the crumbs. I don't have to have a big thing, but I will contend for the crumbs. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Lord, I'm hollering. You need to holler sometimes. I thought about this in Mark chapter 5. The woman with the issue of blood could have said the crowd is too big. She could have went out and said, you know what? There's too many people around the Lord. You know what? It's hot in the middle of the day. I don't even know if I can make it through. I don't know if I can get to him. It's not a good time. I mean, look how many people's around. Nobody knows me. I'm just some lowly woman. I can't get to him. She looked at that crowd and said, listen, I know this. I've spent everything I could on physicians and doctors and nobody could get me any help. I refuse to let that crowd... I refuse to let the crowd hold me away from what I need. She contended and fought through that crowd and touched the hem of his garment and healed her body. I thought about also, I thought about the four friends that had the, parapole, the parapole, uh, paraplegic on a mat. When they showed up to get in the house, they could, around and they could have turned around and told him, listen, there's no room for us in there. We don't have a, we don't have a way to get in. It's full. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to leave without getting your miracle but no they looked and said listen we toted him this far I don't plan on toting him back home I'm going to get him somehow in the presence of God to get his life changed and the Bible says I don't know how they done it but they took a paraplegic on a mat up on the roof of the building and the Bible says when they had broken through they laid him down in the presence of God and God changed his life Why am I hollering till blood veins are popping out on my forehead? Because I'm trying to tell you, church, that we've got to fight and contend for the promises of God that have been spoken over this city. We cannot afford to say, well, maybe God has sent us somebody that's willing to do it. Maybe God has sent somebody that has got enough strength to do it. No, I'm telling you, there's strength in you. I don't care how old you are in this building. Caleb, when he was 80 years old, looked at Moses, said, I want that heal with all the demons and everything else on it. I'm still just good enough to fight at 80 as I was when I was 20. You got to contend for it. If you're not going to contend for it, it's not going to happen. You don't want to contend for it. Your kids will get drug off and you just do whatever. You just try to make it. You think the culture's playing lay me down to sleep? You think, do you think in foreign countries right now that jihadists and ISIS, is they, they telling their kids how to be good little lambs? No, they're training them up to conquer the world. Hello. Let me show you this. And I'm fishing be done. Matthew chapter 13, turn with me there. I'd have hollered and blew my voice out. We contend for it, God. 
where we're at as a church, we contended so long that it's almost like the strength has gone out of the legs. You with me? We've contended. We've heard the word. Oh, we've heard it. We've seen it prophesied. We've seen great things, but we got to get strength back in the legs to get in one more time. We're at this point where Catherine's at. I remember when we were giving birth to Asher, he come out almost fully grown, okay? Thought he had a beard when he come out. And teeth. I mean, he's grown. Biggest child we had. Uh, John Bentley, she just sneezed and we had him. He wasn't like five pounds. I mean, he was little. But Asher, he come out like his daddy, grown. And I remember her looking at me saying, I cannot do it. I said, Catherine, you can do it. She said, I can't do it. I said, listen, you have no choice but to do it now. We're in this thing. And what I found was her muster up enough strength to do the final push to get him out. Thought he was going to have to break his shoulders to get him, to get, to get him here. But she gathered that one final strength, and this is where we're at as a church. Listen, it's easy to get cynical because I don't see it. You know, we've heard it. We've done heard it for years. It's around the corner. Listen to me. What I'm telling you is there will be a group of people that see it come around the corner. If not us, somebody. So I'm just saying here, I'm here now, and I got to make the best of it. I got to make it count. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 4, That when the word of the kingdom is sown, and that it goes upon stony places, it says, by the waysides, and the birds came and devoured them. As he sowed, some seed fell among the wayside. Go back. Um, uh, and, and, the, and the birds came and devoured them. What about verse 18 or 19 of that? Try 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked uh, one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Then he who received the seed, this is he who received the seed by the wayside. So what Jesus is saying, listen to me. When you hear the word of the Lord, like you're hearing this morning, it's being sown into your heart right now. If it does not lead you into an encounter, the wicked one will snatch it away. Did you hear what I said? He will snatch it. It goes like this. <clears throat> the man of God preaches on giving to the poor. He's crying, telling you he's moved by God that we should take care of the poor and the needy. And you're in that service and you're moved and you, amen, my God, we should take care of the poor. What happens, the word of the kingdom is being sown at that moment. What will happen in the days ahead, the following week, possibly give it 10 days. He will give you an opportunity to act on what you just received. When you do not act on what you received, what happened is the wicked one came and stole it. Where is it sown? In your heart. He moves it from your heart and leaves it right here. And what happens is, is you have head knowledge, but you don't have heart knowledge. And so what happens is the word is to lead us into an encounter. Now, when you have encounter, which is understanding, that means you experience what God showed into your life through your five senses. Your physical man just experienced it. It's hard for the fowl of the air to come and steal that promise. Now, let me say this, that the fowl, whose is this? Uh, okay, it's mine at this moment. Like T.D. Jakes. I remember Jesse Duplantis preaching one time. He said, my God, I wish I could sweat like T.D. Jakes. I do too. That joke is sweat, can't he? But listen. The enemy, when you receive the promise, how many has ever received a prophetic word at church? Right here. How many has ever received a pathetic word? <laughs> I have received them too. <laughs> You leave that service and you're thinking, oh my God, 
I mean, at that moment, you're ready to hold up hell with a water pistol you got at the dollar store. But what happens when the word tarries and now weeks is turned into months and months into years? This is where the wicked one and the foul fights you for the word. This is where every discouragement, and we're all guilty, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And every time you say, well, I, and you get discouraged, and people say, you remember the words you got? You remember the words you got? And all of a sudden, you, well, I, I don't even know if that was God. The birds are circling. <laughs> Well, I tell, I think, I think, I think, Pastor John that day he was he was just trying to help me out. You know, people get mad about Joel Osteen talking about he's just giving America false hope. Listen, I'd rather have false hope than no hope. <laughs> if I'm on drown, at least tell me the boat's on the way. I can hold on to the log if you say the boat's on the way. But if you come out and say, "Listen, ain't a boat in sight." Oh, now, Lord, hold on. <laughs> so what happens, listen, the words that tarry for a long time. And what I want to tell you this, the longer the tarry and the greater the struggle of the word is a clue to the significance of the word. Amen. Let me say this too. If you hear a word that is very clear, Somebody said, well, I want a prophecy. Why don't, why, don't, why don't he just prophesy go down to the 34th Street? See the second red light, hang a right. It will be the third building on the left. That's where you're to plant the church. What I have found, the clear of the word, when someone prophesies something very clear, that's how clear you're going to need it in the days ahead. So when the word starts bringing struggle, <clears throat> You remember Rebecca when she went to God and said, my God, what is the struggle on the inside of me? And God said, because there's two nations shut up in your womb. So now I go through a season. I heard the word. We walked out of church that day and went to the buffet. And like, my God, did you hear the word that was prophesied? Now I'm 15 months, two years, three years into the word. What you have to do is you have to keep the foul off the word. I'm almost done here. I remember this, that because we were talking about this the other day. You remember in, two, I think it was 2012, I was telling Pastor Junior that I came here and seen him and he and I were sitting right here on this front row and he and I were talking. And I told him about some things in my life and that, you know, just struggling. I just said, you know what, man, I'm about done with Pastor and I'm, my God, I mean, it's just rough, you know what I'm saying? And Junior looked at me and said this. He said, I see this all the time, men in the insurance business, that men that cannot make it. He said, and you know what you got to have to make it? He said, you got to have the tiger in you to make it. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? I see the tiger in you. I'm telling you, if you want the word, you got to have a tiger in you. I'm trying to help you. Got to have a tiger in you. Because the enemy will say, hey, it ain't never going to happen. That's when you got to have the tiger and say, listen here, it will happen just like God said it would happen. There's a story found in 2 Samuel chapter 21. It's a story where David is in extreme famine. I'm in my second closing, by the way. Usually we get out on the third. <laughs> Snicker bars is located underneath the bottom of your seat if I get too long. <laughs> Hallelujah. That David's in extreme famine. And he goes through one year and he's like, okay, we're in El Nino or something. I mean, it's not raining. I mean, things are bad, but it's not really bad yet. He gets in the third year of famine and things are really bad. And he goes before God and says, God, what in the world is going on? The Lord speaks to him and said, David, it's because of the house of Saul. Saul has started slaying the Gibeonites. 
Do you remember the Gibeonites now are the ones that Joshua made a covenant with in the book of, remember that? When Joshua made a covenant with them, he didn't pray. They come, they was dressed up, they went and rolled their clothes in the dirt, had old molded bread to try to tell them they come from a great place and Joshua made a covenant with the Gibeonites. God never intended him to do that, but he didn't pray about it. Are you with me? So he makes a covenant with them. Now Saul is rise up and he is slaying the Gibeonites. And as he's slaying the Gibeonites, God is a covenant-keeping God. He puts the children of Israel in famine for what he done. So now David says, how can I make it right? And he says, go get me the rest of the house of Saul and you give them to the Gibeonites to make a, this is going to be a repentance offering and this will break the curse off the land. So he goes and he finds and he gets everybody except Mephibosheth, who was Jonathan's son, whom he made a covenant with. You remember this? And he gives them to the, the Gibeonites and they take the, uh, they take the sons of Saul and they hang them on the side of the hill. They put them on the cross. There was a mom by the name of Rispha who had two sons hanging up there on the cross. And the Bible says that she took sackcloth. This is what I'm going to finish with today. She took sackcloth and she laid it out. And the Bible says that from, 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 the, from the pouring of the rain until harvest, that she knew the loud fowl of the air by day, nor beast of the night to attack, the, to attack her children. You say, well, preacher, what, what does it matter? Her children were already dead. I came to tell you today that some of you sitting in here got some promises that you think are dead. I can't get no help up in here. There's some things in you that you think are dead that God said way long time ago that you think he's done forgot. How many members when, when, the, when the angel showed up to Zacharias when he was in, in the book of Luke and he said the prayer that you have been, the prayer that you prayed has been answered by God. God's going to give you a child. Zechariah, that was not the prayer he was praying at that moment. He's an old man. And God said, the prayer you prayed has been answered. What is that? Listen, the prayer that you no longer pray because you gave up a long time ago, God said, that's the one I'm about to answer. So risk for took, and this is what you got to do. You take the promise. You get your sackcloth. Your sackcloth, listen, the sackcloth can be your worship, can be your prayer life, can be your praise, can be your Bible reading, whatever it is. It's what you use to keep that foul beat off of the promise. Come on, John. That's good. Come on. I felt like I was to give you two stories. And I was going to turn Rocky on, but I don't want to turn Rocky on because I don't want to hit nobody. Every time, boy, you turn out a tiger on, somebody's going to start. We're getting ready. I'm going to turn out of time. I may turn it on anyhow. Just nobody come down for prayer, okay? We'll pray for, for distance. Listen. Listen. There was this. You can Google this. What I'm telling you is absolutely true. You go on Google and look, check it out. If it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Listen. You got to contend for what God said, okay? I'm finna give you two stories and then we're done. Adam, Mike, you want to help me out right here? Don't play nothing. Play something in the A minor, something in the minors. I don't need a major right here. I need something. I need Rocky. There was a guy, his name is Mike Crotz. I always get scared by saying that. Man, we don't want to say, oh, God, let it know and come back home in Jesus. Finish this up. <laughs> All right, listen. He's in a meeting as a young man. As a young man, you remember this story. You've heard this story before probably. Several of you have. He's in a meeting. He and his wife and Kim Clement is, is doing the meeting. He's a prophet that's been on TBN and whatever. Anyhow, he points to this man's wife and begins to prophesy the call of God over their life and said that God is going to move you into politics. You're going to be a great force in the kingdom of God just releases this great word over his life. Well, as weeks went on and months went on, I can't remember the time from the word to when this happened. 
they were in a restaurant having dinner and he also prophesied and said that you're going to have you're going to give birth to a son and his name's going to be Caleb and Caleb will follow in the footsteps of his father and your house will be a house of righteousness and and all and God's going to use you in the, in the political arena they go out to dinner and as he's walking out from dinner he has a massive heart attack and falls to the ground they have no children he's not in politics and he collapses to the ground the ambulance come they rush him to the hospital and they tell his wife listen he has ha- he's had a widow maker it's over with He's been without oxygen for 20, I think it was 26 or 27 minutes. She, she fights her way through the physicians and everything else. And she looks at him and she says, Mike, you cannot leave. For God said we would have a son named Caleb. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right here. God said we would have a son named Caleb and that, and that you would be a force in the political arena. Mike, you cannot leave. God said. The doctors are telling her to be quiet, woman, calm down. Listen, somebody get her out of here. She's lost it. She's going crazy. She, I mean, she's in shock. Get her out of here. They're working tirelessly on them. The whole time she's screaming, He is in another world. He sees a vision of the ocean. And as he looks upon the ocean, he sees seven mountains come out of the ocean. And then he sees one mountain come and supersede and take over all the other mountains. And he hears a voice saying, listen, the large mountain is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is to bring influence to all mountains. And then one mountain stood out and he told him, he said, Mike, this is the political mountain in which I want you to, I want you to be upon. He said, I need you to have agreement with me. I need the agreement. This is him talking to Jesus and his wife's down there beating his body. The doctor screams and says, get this woman out of here now. She pushes through the last she pushed that doctor to the side and she grabbed him by the toe and she said I command your spirit to come back into your body right now to fulfill the word of the Lord and all of a sudden the heart starts beating the physician turned around and looked at her and said woman you don't know what you just did he has not had oxygen on his brain for 26 minutes 27 minutes ever how long it is google it when you get after church don't google it right now we're disciplining you for that and I'm playing listen <laughs> listen she said he said there is no way a human being will not have permanent brain damage being that long out said you did it <clears throat> not only did the heart come back he sat straight up in the bed and he opened his mouth and he w- looked at his wife which I think his name is Phyllis looked at Phyllis and said where is our son Caleb I want to see him that man went to go on and fulfill the word of the Lord that God spoke over his life. Why? Because a woman was willing to contend and say, I can tell you right now, I know that he had a heart attack. I know what you're telling me, but I'm telling you what God said. What you got to understand, listen, don't deny the facts, but all truth is not equal. I want to, all truth is not equal. The fact was a woman was dying with an issue of blood, but a greater fact was they was healing in his garments. I don't deny the truth that you're telling me. I don't deny the facts. Listen, but the greater fact is this, that by his stripes we are healed. Friday night. There was several at my house. Late, wasn't it? And we were talking about this. We got to talk about all kinds of stuff. But we were talking about we were talking about having babies. And we were talking about how little John Mintley was. And Stanton retold the story. He said this, and I remember him holding out his hand. Remember that? Right on my patio. He said that he said, man, he said Junior could hold Amanda in the palm of his hand. 
That was a promise given in this church. Wave your hand, Pastor Junior. That was a promise given in this church that he and his wife would give birth to a baby. And listen, the enemy came to try to steal that baby. How, 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 how much did she weigh when she was born? Two pounds and one ounce. And this is Stanton. This is what he was doing. He said, but he said, but he said, he said, man, the doctors told him this and all. He said, but man, Junior was like this. What was he doing? He was contending. And as that daddy stood up contending, telling doctor, saying that daughter said, no, she ain't going to make it. She's too little. There's no way she's going to make it. That daddy was contending. You don't know the word of the Lord that was given to us on a Wednesday night standing in the presence and power of God. He contended, beat it the foul off of that doggone promise. Listen, and she's in Washington, D.C. today as a 20-something-year-old woman, perfectly healthy, contending for revival. So I'm preaching like a wild man today in this. Listen, we can leave this place and say, hey, man, it was good to be in the house of God. The visitors come and say, my God, that man preaches like a wild man. And we can all say it or we can stand up on our feet and believe God together and contend for something. Some of you need breakthrough this morning. You know you need it. Listen, you know you got to have it. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, I'm willing to contend with you. I'm willing to swing a sackcloth over your life and say, listen, God, if God said it, I don't care. Let every man be a lie. But God is true. Are you with me, friend? I don't care how long it's been delayed. I don't care if the word was given in 1925. The word of the Lord shall stand forever. Every jot and tittle mate, listen, every word will stand. You have to be willing to contend for the promises of God. <sighs> Jeffrey, wave your hand. I ain't seen this guy in I don't know how long, but he's known me since I got saved, I guess. <sighs> you tell him if I'm telling these people like, Jum says he's a bald-faced liar. He's known me since I was a teenager. We should be so hungry for revival that I'm just telling you in the year 1998, 99, 2000 my God we was in a move of God wasn't we? I mean I've seen we've seen all kinds tell the people did we not see a burning bush in Coffee County one night how many heard me tell the story about the fish about touching the agreement and the people got shot or water behind us and the little girl said he was at that place right there he was one of the people we had hands with I tell the people also this. Does this not happen in our life? We drove to Wheeler County, I believe it was. Wheeler County where the face of Jesus was on the side of the wall, right? Remember that? WTOC News was there. Had people lined up, sign in for where he was at. And they had Jesus on the face of the wall with a crown of thorns, everything that just miraculously appeared on this thing. We went to back to a friend's of ours house in Nichols, Georgia. We all fell sick when we got on the property, didn't we? And the Spirit of God, we began to intercede and pray. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us and said, You know my face because you seek my face. In the last days, they will say, there I am, but there I will not be. Let me tell you something. If you see the face of Jesus now, friend, he ain't got the crown of thorns on it. Hello. When he comes back, he's not riding on the donkey, and he ain't coming as a lowly servant. He's coming back on a white stallion, faithful and true on his side. With a... Hello. He ain't a baby in the manger no more. He's sitting as a king. Listen. What we realized was that the face of that image was coming through a china berry tree, I think what it was. And the light would appear and it created the face of Jesus on the wall. We cursed that tree according to Matthew chapter 21 where Jesus cursed the fig tree. We cursed it and commanded it to die. And I never heard from that night forward about the face of Jesus being on the wall. But you know what's happened since 2000? We went through a lot of stuff. And it's called us to get cynical and hard and say, well, maybe we was just a little too radical. No, I'm here to tell you today that same realm's available right now. I believe we can get hungry again. I remember us used to sit down and play Monopoly and the power of God would fall. We'd all be in the carpet weeping, speaking in tongues. Father, we say as a church that we will not settle not settle for the status quo. We will fight together. We will win together. We will worship together. And we will contend together for the promises of God. You believe in church? Say amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place. Come on. Bless it.
Hallelujah. God bless you all. We'll see you here on Wednesday night.